0: Welcome guys to another episode. It's a very happy episode of this Man Cave Sports Podcast. Here's my really good friend Gavin Poe. He hasn't been on since we did a March Madness last year when we did the bracket prediction. So he's back after the UK beats Auburn 73 to 66. Was not a pretty game. We'll talk about it. I do want to get some newsy stuff over with first because I haven't we haven't done an episode since December. So I do want to get over some major news since then. And then we'll get to UK, their win over Auburn. And then the NCAA tournament, because this is the last day of February. We have one more week left of the regular season. And then we're on to my favorite part of the season. The, um, everyone's NCAA, favorite part Everyone's favorite part of the college basketball season, which is Selection Sunday. We literally got one this one week. And then see the conference tournament starts. And then we're all – SEC is usually like the last conference, isn't mm-hmm. it, that always finishes before the Selection Sunday. And then, of course, we are going to do—I'm not sure if Gavin wants to be, is going to be a part of it, but we are going to do a Selection Sunday episode where we're actually right after uh, Tim and I, and we're actually my mom's going to be joining, and hopefully my brother as well. We're going to be doing a bracket prediction. We have a full show for that one as well. So some newsy stuff to get over with first is that Quill Whitney obviously about month and three days ago decides to leave the program, and the only thing I have to really say about it Is I think people a lot of people say well the one and done system has ruined college basketball I don't think it's ruined college basketball, but you have guys like this year you see Emmanuel quickly with one year development you saw it last year with PJ had a phenomenal jump from his freshman to sophomore year and you look at this year no one expect I don't think anyone expected Nick Richards to have the season that he has but with development with three years and it's like what um, Nick Richards summed it perfectly. Because I go to a one-and-done school does not mean I have to one-and-done. He trusted the process. I know that's a saying that everyone says, but he did. He developed, and now he's one of the best centers in the whole nation. Quick, too. I mean, he's gotten, he's, what, almost an 11-point difference between last year and this year, which is incredible. So you look at these players who have developed, um, and Tower Hero, too. You can make an argument for him. And a lot of these five-stars come in here, these one-and-done guys who they expect to be about one and done, doesn't work out, and they're quick to leave, whether it's because their family is telling them to or because it's they want to. And I think these guys, everyone's quick to blame Cal or whoever the coach is that they leave. But maybe it's no one's fault. I don't think it is. I just think he just came in with an attitude that he wanted to be one-and-done, didn't work out for him, and he wanted to leave.
1: My thoughts on it are... <clears throat> Would I have loved to see him stay and develop? I would
0: have loved if, him to fin- at least finish out the year and then see. Maybe I would I would have her, loved but,
1: to see him stay and develop as you know several players do throughout college. They're not one and done players, like you said. But and he
0: obviously if, wasn't a one and done if, if, player. If college
1: if college isn't for him, it wasn't working out. I don't have any problem with him going. Do what's best for you. Do what you think is right. Everybody has a different path, and he's trying to create his own.
0: He is. I just like as I would have liked him to. See, uh, Cal kind of alluded to this not too long ago. He talked about Quill, and it's, it's obvious that he needed another year. And I just, to me, I just don't. I would have liked to see at least seen him finish out the year and then kind of evaluate his options from there. But he's not getting picked.
1: No, but but maybe his thought process is he can develop just as much in the G League while getting some income, you know, or he thinks that. It would be more beneficial for him to just work one on one with a trainer instead of playing in game or not even really playing in games sitting on the bench. You know. Yeah. Uh, everybody has a different mindset. They do. Uh,
0: that's really with all. I mean, with Quill Whitney, I just my thoughts on and Gavin's thoughts about it. Is I, I mean, from what everything from what, I'm, what I've heard and through what um, KSR and other outlets have said, is he wasn't a problem in the locker room. He was a great. He, you know, obviously he is a good kid. He is obviously, like he said, he just he saw a different future. I would have liked to see him stay and been one of those guys that develops here and proves the the theory that's wrong that Cal can't coach, that Cal can't develop players. But you know, obviously, I like mean, there's said,
1: been several other players to disprove that though. Look, right. at, I mean, even look at Hagen. I know he's been kind of in a rough stretch right now, but look at him at the beginning of last year compared to where he is this year. Right.
0: It's tremendous. Uh -uh. So, and then we also have football news get over quickly is that Vince Merrill has decided to stay, which I think is huge for our program because him leaving would have been just as bad as like a Mark Stoops, or you know head coach. Him
1: staying is just as big of a recruiting win as getting Justin uh, Rogers. Yeah,
0: because people, I don't know if a lot of people know who Vince Merrill is, but they should definitely know. They need to look him up and figure out who he is if they haven't already. He's the guy who brings in Benny Snell, the Lynn Bowdens from Ohio. He has that pipeline, and he's pretty much covered it. And the thing is, we're beating Michigan State. Yeah. So he, for all these Ohio and Michigan guys. So if we lose into Michigan State, then guess what Michigan Vince,
1: State's gonna start getting those recruits and stuff. And we're guys. not gonna
0: be able to have that pipeline. Which we have that pretty much I think we have Kentucky pretty much locked and, down, and right? And the now. the
1: effects go immediate, because if we don't keep Vince Merrill, we lose Michael Drennan, four star athlete, you know. Who's
0: you know, they're claiming him to be the next Lynn Bowden. So, so it's like
1: on, like dead on as soon as he leaves the effects show but
0: But obviously from what it looks like he got a pay raise which is good we need to pay that man for what he's doing for he's one of the the reasons blank check he's like mark stoops is number one for why we've gotten a lot better and he's probably (laughs) one b as far as one of the reasons why uk uk football has gotten a million times better than where they were when mark stoops got there
1: it also just shows the appeal that kentucky can now keep a person on their staff and they can over pay. Michigan State, right. who
0: is... The first year, I think they actually... The first or second year, they actually went to the uh, to the college football playoff, too. Michigan State? Yeah, they did. Like, the second year. That's what people don't know, is Michigan State's not that far off from getting national success like that. Oh,
1: yeah. They've won the Big Ten Championship. and
0: So, recently- keeping Vince Merrill is obviously huge for football and for the program, because another reason is... That means we are going to still be able to recruit at a high level. Because if we want to get to the – I don't know if we're ever going to get to like an Alabama level or an LSU level. No, we'll never be there. But but we can get damn close to it. And keeping Vince Merrill is one step closer to getting to that ultimate goal, which I think he – one of the reasons why he he decided to stay. He wanted to see UK make it to Atlanta in the SEC Championship. And I think if you keep recruiting at a level – we might not get it next year, but... I think the ultimate goal for me, I'm
1: sure you, and other Kentucky fans is making it to Atlanta, to an SEC championship game, what like nobody has ever seen. You know? That is but the goal. keeping
0: Vince Merrill is step yeah. one to getting to there. I don't know if it's going to be next year. We definitely have the team that can com- um, compete for it. But keeping him is absolutely huge. And keeping... The thing is, keeping recruiting is a big part to growing a program. Keep we have to keep on being able to recruit these high-level players. And th- this is the only caveat, caveat I'll say about Vince Merrill thing. We gave him almost a million. I don't even think he... Um, the thing is, Michigan State was offering him a hell of a lot of money. And I think the contract was only like $900,000. So the fact that he also stayed and he's not even making a million, I think that also says something about what he thinks about UK's future. But what I was going to say is... Since we're giving him this $300,000 payday, he's got to keep it up. You got to keep up the recruiting. Because if we don't...
1: I don't think he's the type of person that has the mindset where he's got a payday, he's going to let off. He's, right. he's a winner. He's
0: definitely he's a winner. He's going to keep his foot on the gas. But if we keep recruiting, you, you're going to see UK in the conversation, much like they are in basketball, of every single year, possibly making it to the SEC Championship. Well,
1: especially with... You know, Florida hasn't been as dominant here lately. There's a question mark at Georgia's QB next year. You the, know, so
0: the I think the opinion open. is definitely Jamie Newman. Yeah, but well, even then, still, next year is a chance. The
1: East, the East is open. Next I think year. in
0: order for UK to make the SEC championship, they're going to have to be able to beat Florida, and they're definitely going to have to beat Tennessee. But that Georgia is that next step. I mean, we uh, Mark St- or oh, not Mark Shoops Vince Merrill talked about it last year before the season. You know, we have beaten Florida. You know, got that out of the way. Got that um, bump in the road out of the way. Next step is definitely beating Georgia. And
1: this was the first decade ever that we had not beat Georgia in football. So that that shows right there. We're on at least a ten game losing. Or no, we beat them in two thousand nine. So we've lost to them ten times in a row. All right. You know. So we've got.
0: So definitely Georgia's that next step, and I think it'd be done. They're coming at um. There's they're been, coming to been, our home next year. There's so. been a few
1: times, a few games where we lost to them by three, six. You know, a couple times this decade. With last lesser game, talent. Last game it was zero to zero at halftime. You know, we and the chance. thing
0: is, what what I'm excited about is we've been able to develop these players as two stars and just Josh, Josh Allen and three stars. Imagine mm-hmm. what we can do with mm-hmm. consistent. Developed with players, players that already have skills. Who, who already have players. skills, and they don't need that much development. Mm-hmm. Imagine what we could do with Bill. So I'm excited about the future and keeping Vince Merrill here, and which I'm going to assume is he could, he's going to be here for a while. But, you know, obviously he has aspirations to be a head coach. I'm sure he will be someday. But I think the opinion is that definitely he's going to be staying um, for a, a longer. And I think that's going to be good for us. I, re- I really think that's going to be good for UK. And uh, definitely be on the lookout for football. as It's just going to keep on growing. So to get to recent news now you know obviously uk as i said in the beginning uk has beaten uh, auburn 73 to 66 to win their 49th regular season championship in the sec um which was it was kind of a sloppy game we did not start out gate start out great we mean we were got down nine quickly but after that, man, I mean, we pretty much controlled the game. I know they got closer to like two points, but after that, I mean, we, I, I we pretty, I mean, Kentucky pretty much, I think they controlled the game throughout. I mean, they, Auburn started out four for four from three point line. They finished nine through nine four thirty four. It was for the game. So our defense was great. We only allowed they we allowed. Thirty-seven points in the first half. We only allowed twenty-eight points in the second half. Our defense was great. We kind of shut down. We did shut down Samir Doty, which was good. We didn't play great either. Don't, I mean, we, it,
1: it was another one of those games where we're up on them for the majority of the game—six, eight, ten points—and we just can't pull away. But you know, this is I mean, that's, a really I mean, good team. Right. So
0: I mean, that's been the story of all season. Oh, yeah. We just haven't been able to.
1: We have not been able to play consistent basketball for 40 minutes and then have that killer instinct and drive it into them. But, you know, as long as we're finding ways to win games, I'm okay we are, with it. We
0: are definitely finding ways to win. And I think a lot of people are still unsure. I think people are starting to catch up a little bit. I think they're starting to feel that this team can do some major stuff. But I still think there is a portion of this fan base that they're a little bit uneasy about this team. And I will tell these people that are is that while, yes, this is not the best Cal team that he has had. This is not, this is, if you look at talent-wise, this is definitely not the best that he's ever had. But with the talent that they do have, and with the limited bench that they have, they maximize the talent to what they can do. Cal has told these players, you know, do what you can do the best. I'm not asking you to score 20 points a game, but do the intangible stuff that you don't see on the box score, which is you go dive for balls, play great defense, rebound the ball, and just play tough. This is what these players have been able to do. Keon Brooks has had games where he has looked really good off the glass, and he's he's a good cleanup guy. But then there's also games where he only plays two minutes, of course, but if we and Johnny's using, you know, he had a game against Tennessee, he scored 13 points, and then but there's other games where he doesn't, you know, of course he doesn't get a lot of minutes, and doesn't really shoot the ball, but he they but the point of the story is that they play tough every single time that they're out on the court. Nate Sestina had 11 points today, which obviously it's and so he's hard. He's
1: played really good like the last like what three four yeah. games. Like this so, is what we need him to do. Just hit threes. Yeah, just sit. I mean,
0: hit, um, hit threes, and he has so don't
1: a little, play terrible on defense. Right. You know? I mean, he
0: he doesn't he have great ball. post moves, and he had a he had a spurt where he had like two quick fouls. Well, but he, he does. He has and he kind of go. Moves, he he had like, a spear. he's kind of speared someone today on a three point shot. But he
1: has he has decent post moves. I think he's just like scared of the length. And the physicality of the teams that we play versus and what I th- playing last right. year. Right.
0: I mean he was in the freaking he was in the Patriot League last year. I mean, obviously, you know, I would have liked him like him to see, you know, him play better against these bigger guys. But the point is, you know, he's hasn't had a lot of time to really deal with players like that the SEC met the link that they have. So I you know Cal's not asking much of this bench. When no, already the, bu- each
1: of the starters, but they play heavy The starters,
0: minutes. they play heavy minutes. But, again, they play absolutely tough. And if they're going to get eliminated in the SEC or um, NCAA tournament, there's going to be a tough team to beat.
1: I think this is— Because a- even
0: Ashton, he's been playing really bad. Not not bad. He just hasn't been playing great. But he had three steals today. And people don't think about that, he also but he's had like still. Five more
1: deflections. Yeah, I
0: mean, people don't think. While he's not the greatest offensive player, point guard in the world, he gets done. He gets it done on the defensive side, where he's not completely. People have said on Twitter that he's a liability. Well, he's a, he had three steals today. Oh, he is a far thing it, from a liability. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he misses layups, and it's crazy. They, I mean, it makes us all crazy that he misses easy layups. But he also gets it done on the other side, like I said, which is what I would rather have: great defense right now in the NCAA tournament than him, you know, doing a little step back three like point guards like to do. I'd rather much have great defense, and he provides that. Tyrese Maxey has gotten a lot better on defense, but he's becoming a player. He's been playing pretty consistently the past couple weeks, I would say.
1: Yeah, he hasn't really had any of the big, like, 25-point outings. No. But, like, but he also hasn't had out- the four-point outings.
0: No, he doesn't. He's been getting double digits f- very consistently for a bit now. And Nick Richards, of course, he's doing his thing. He had 14-3 and three today and had a couple big blocks. Playing,
1: what, like, four minutes in the first half right, and, and he, probably he not just, even, like, 10 in the right. second.
0: But, and quickly, the thing about, like... I love about quickly is even when he shoots three for ten, like one for five from a three point line, he still gets eighteen points. He
1: finds a way to get it done. He finds a way he to get points. He is the best in college basketball
0: at drawing fouls. He is, and he's he had eleven free throw attempts and he made all of them. And that's another thing I want to get to a little bit later as we talk about the NCAA tournament about that, why I think that's going to be so huge for us, us being able actually being able to hit free throws. But I mean, this team, man, I just. Everybody plays, like I said, they play tough, and they don't... You know, all their losses, they haven't been blowouts. No team has blown them out. They've all been close. I mean, I think the biggest loss was Auburn, and that was like nine points. And And it was like a three-point...
1: We were winning the most of the game. They took the lead late, and then, you know, free throws and stuff toward the end of the game.
0: But the majority of the game, we were right there in that game. Yeah. I mean, we... And it's just uh, as we get into the NCAA tournament talk, like I said, we are going to be tough, tough out. And there's just no way around it. If you're going to beat us, you better be tougher than us. Because I don't think there's any other team that's going to be as tough as we are. And I think this reminds me a lot. Uh, this other team might have been better at shooting, but this team reminds me of the Virginia team last year. They had a three guard set, and they had. Um, was it the at the yeah. power forward the center? And I can't remember who else. Jack Saul. mean, he's not, obviously, Jack Saul wasn't as good as Nick Richards this year. But it does, this team does remind me of their Virginia team last year where they had three yards who could one place great defense. Parius Maxi. I mean, he had six rebounds and four assists a game today. So he's just doing whatever it takes to. He's scoring, he's rebounding. And the thing, like, our guards are great at rebounding. That's another thing, too. That's why another reason that you won't find a better three-guard set that's tougher than we are is because, I mean, because of how we rebound, too. Emmanuel quickly had 12 rebounds today. I don't think there are a lot of um, guards like him that are getting 12 rebounds in a game. I think there's another game, too, and where then, he has, like, like, 10. The, yeah,
1: it's not like the first time he's done this. Like, he's consistently getting 7, 8. He's had a 10 before. Um.
0: Let us see how much he's actually averaging on the season. He's averaging at four rebounds a game, yeah, I believe. But um, which like you said, is very good for a six
1: three shooting guard. I mean, who plays on all the of our.
0: I mean, people uh, also read on Twitter that, like, that our guards are too small. They're six three. I mean, they're not that. Malik Monk was six three, and he was, went off for forty seven against, um, against North Carolina. I I mean quickly, I mean. When he's hot, he's going to score 30 points. I mean, we saw that against Texas A&M. But obviously, I mean, at home well, has continued tonight as far as shooting. We went two for 13 from a three-point line. But...
1: Which, can anybody name a team that's played as bad, like, shoot, shot as bad at their home, and then shot so good away. I've never seen this before.
0: I I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw this. I mean, we shoot, like, 27% from a three-point line at home, and we shoot, like, over 40% from a three-point line, which is, like, the highest, like, and lowest between, like, oh, yeah. the two. Usually, it's all the way around, but, I mean, we just... For whatever reason, when we're on away games, I mean, we just quick <laughs> on it when we shoot. Um, So, I think that's why another reason going into March is that you know, I feel like we have a chip on our shoulder. Yeah, some
1: players just get up for a away game. Tyler hero last year got up for away game. Maybe this whole team just gets up for away game yeah.
0: for some reason. This team plays with a chip on their shoulder, I think because I mean we lost to Evansville in the third game of the season, and it's like what we we're you we what you know what you were talking about earlier is that I mean no one expected us to be i wasn't expecting us to win the s e c regular season oh no, I no wasn't. Either. I mean, just I mean, before the Louisville game, I was pretty down on this team because we had just went to Las Vegas, lost to a really bad Utah team, and we lost to Ohio State team. Which at the the bad, I didn't feel was a bad loss, but now I feel like we would beat Ohio State.
1: At the time, the Ohio like I was thankful that we were even in that game because Ohio State looked like the best team in the country,
0: and I just feel like this team. And the thing of what you can say about Cal, with the exception of the year that New Orleans Noel got hurt, he always has his teams ready to for March by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. This team doesn't blow anyone out. And I think that's a lot of the reason why fans have not caught on with this team yet is that we don't blow anyone out. But it's like what I told you. I feel like a 9 or 7 point win for us is like a 15 point win in reality. And it's just because of what the way we kind of control the game. You look at Texas A&M, and this is another thing about this U.K. team, is that we are clutch. We make the shots. We do what we can to win. Texas A&M, we had like, what, a 14-point lead or something like that against them, maybe even lower. They started crawling back, and then, what, boom, a quickly hits a three. So I feel like he
1: whenever a shot
0: needs to be made he's he, that he guy. Can, yeah. And going back to December, the last episode that I did with Tim, one of the two things that I was worried about, one of the two biggest problems that I saw with this team. We had inconsistent big men. EJ's playing best right now. He's playing he doesn't it doesn't show in the books, the box score at the end of the game, but he plays tough, plays great defense. He goes on the ground for balls. He does what you need him to do. You know, I, I, we're not expecting him to score 17-9 and like we were before the season, but he gets it done. He's playing, I think he's playing his best from, like, best stretch of games all year. Nick Richards, man, ever since that December game against Louisville, he has been on a tear with the exception. You know, of course, the last couple games he hasn't been playing at his best, but we haven't needed him to. But when we need, have needed him to step up the most, he scores 27 points against Texas Tech. Um, he scores. He always in the in the the second half against Georgia. The first game that we played him, he was big in that second half. He comes There's up. There's
1: been a few games where he scores two points in the first half and 25 in the second.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just he. When we've needed him to step up, he has stepped up. Plays great defense. He's averaging like two blocks a game. Which I is think
1: good. he's still one of his biggest problems on defense. Is he jumps for too many blocks that is unrealistic for him to get, mm-hmm. which he's way better at last year. Last year he jumped at every. And he is
0: playing. I think far. he's he's gotten a lot better at playing um, when he has when he's in foul trouble. I mean, against Louisville he had four fouls and he was I mean he was fine. Like he didn't get fouled out or anything.
1: He played the last what five thirty of this game right. without getting a foul. Yeah,
0: so he's really he's been really good. I mean, of course, but even before he's been pretty good at staying out of foul trouble, but. He, Nick the last Richards. couple games he's
1: kind of been in it, and that's yeah. why he hasn't been able to get in a rhythm. Right,
0: but but, um, but about the inconsistent big man, I think that problem's been solved. Oh
1: yeah,
0: and hey, back like in a- December, Jay's playing better. Bef- Nate's
1: shooting threes now.
0: Before the, I mean, before the Louisville game, like I said, I was I was really worried about this team on whether or not they're going to get better. And once again, they have proved me wrong. I saw it in this team last year. I saw the potential that they had even after they lost against you know Seton Hall and all that. I but saw. Seton
1: Hall was a good team.
0: No, I I know. I just we didn't get off to. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we got blown out by Duke, and then we lost to Seton yeah, Hall. Yeah. I get what
1: you're
0: saying. I saw, but I still saw it with this team last year. Back in December, I didn't see it with this team. I'll be honest. I mean, I thought, I just thought this was a team I was just never well, going to get better. Back in
1: December, Nick Catton went on his tear Quickly was averaging like ten points a game, right. and you're just thinking. Do we have a go-to player at we, all? We, we
0: didn't. That's what was my next my, Now we have two. That's what my max point was about what the the biggest issues that I saw back in December is we didn't have a killer on this team. I think quickly. When he even when he doesn't shoot well, he gets it done on the free throw line. You can tell
1: he studied James Harden over the offseason. You know, he dropped. he that's his biggest comparison. He he knows exactly when to swipe through. He knows when to throw his body into a defender to draw a foul. He's He's got it done. But I
0: think definitely Emmanuel quickly has become that killer on this team for us. We're a guy who can just when we need a bucket, we say, Hey, quick, do us get a bucket for us. I think he get he gets it done most of the time. And I think Maxie is starting to he's playing consistently. I think he's that guy who could also be a killer on this team as well going into March. But like um like what we were saying is, you know, this team They are who they are, right? I mean it's just a group of guys who they don't... It's a team that doesn't have quite the talent that they usually have. But, again, they play to their best of the ability. They play tough. They do what they need to do to win the game. And I think going, starting about the NCAA tournament now, going into March, I think this team can make a run. Of course, you know, NCAA tournament's always unpredictable. I mean, a couple years ago, we had the door wide open for us to push through and make it to the Final Four. After Virginia got eliminated in the first round. And then our next biggest threat, Arizona, also got beat. Mm-hmm. And we still couldn't push through it. But, like I said, it's, it is unpredictable. But I do think this is a team that can make a run, a deep run.
1: It all depends on our bracket, you know. It does
0: depend on who our matchups.
1: 50, 50, over 50% of winning the national championship is luck. You know, just matchups, where you're seated. The way the ball bounces, you know? the What the refs are calling
0: that day? But, I mean, this, but like I said, I think this is a team that can, on any given night, they can beat anybody. And, I'm the, usually, there's years in the tournament where you're like, don't want to play them. There's not that team this year. But, San there's, a, there's, a,
1: there's a few that you're like, <laughs> I don't really want to see them, but if you do... I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: still not worried about it. Yeah. I mean, I know Kansas is the best, probably the best team in the nation, but, they, I mean, they struggled beating Kansas State today. I know a part of it is probably because Azubuki, you know, kind of hurt his ankle, but still, I mean, they they'll still barely beat I'd Kansas. Per-
1: I'd prefer not to see
0: Gonzaga, but if we do, I have I'm confidence not, I'm not that a, we can win. I'm confident against Gonzaga mostly because, I mean, I just don't think they play in a, tough, I mean, a bad conference. People say that
1: every year, though, and although they haven't won a championship, they've made plenty of deep runs, you know? they beat good teams in the tournament. three years ago they were in the championship game.
0: So that was like the first time that they I mean other years they usually I mean I mean
1: but they've been, they bit I just eight several times and yeah. stuff. I mean, no, the point is teams. I'm
0: just not I'm just, I'm not afraid of anybody. Yeah. Of course there might be a team this year where you're like, I don't I mean I'd prefer not to see prefer, Duke in the
1: Sweet Sixteen if I don't have to. But but if we do, you know I'm I still not we, afraid. I, prefer, I just
0: feel like we have a team that can compete with anybody. And yeah. I, I again, I just don't think there's a lot of teams that can match our physicality, with how tough we are. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we there's been teams that have gotten blown out. Duke's gotten blown out. Four, um, Louisville's gotten pretty much. Not, I don't think. I mean, they got blown they out got by blown Cle- out. they got blown out by Clemson. They, they got smoked. The they game. they got smoked by Clemson. We haven't gotten blown out. Every game that we've lost, it was tough until you know.
1: I mean, too. yeah, and do we have we have the worst single loss by any at large bid? Of course, but that was in November. It was it was
0: our third game of the season. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you if you play Ashton Evans,
1: Higgins or Nick Richards was hurt. That was um Ashton. Was, it was EJ or EJ. Yeah, EJ and then Ashton. And EJ Ashton was banged
0: up. It. Yeah, you know. I guarantee you, if we, play, if we play Evansville now, we and although, destroy him. Oh, yeah.
1: And the, although Evansville has been bad, they've had the whole Walter McCarty yeah. situation go yeah. down. They've had players go down with the injury, you know. Right. They're, it's not the same team. And not, that's still not an excuse. There's not no an excuse. Way, no way should we even have lost that team.
0: I'm not making an excuse, but even without EJ, even with Ashton kind of banged up, we should yeah. have won that game pretty single-handedly.
1: But, you know, it's a long season. Like Cal said... It was like I think the 2013-14 season, he wants his teams to fail fast that way that he can correct it, you know. Yeah. This man, team he, failed really fast. They
0: quick the third game of the season yeah. they failed really quickly, like I yeah. said, and, and really hard. But. And then, but look at where we where Kentucky is now. Regular season SEC champs outright, with number one seed in the SEC tournament, gonna be playing. At the same time throughout where we're not going to have to worry about playing at 1 one day and then 8 o'clock the next day and then 3 o'clock on a Sunday. We're, we'll play stay oh, one, at 1 o'clock on Sunday. 1 but. o'clock, whatever. <laughs> we play at consistent times, and I think we're going to be ready for the... I think we're going to be ready for the SEC tournament. I definitely think that we're ready for March. Although I love
1: winning the SEC tournament because I love the fact that we've won more than the rest of the conference combined. Yeah, But, you know, if we, but, if we lose... If we lost, I'm, not, I'm
0: not. I'm not. I'm not gonna be mad about no, losing I'm the either. SEC tournament.
1: I'm not either. I'd rather lose an L than then. and I think a loss to the right team during the SEC tournament not gonna hurt our seeding at all. No, nope. you know if we lose
0: to an LSU, I think, if we lose to an Auburn, maybe even we were, Florida. We were you know? having this discussion a while back. What kind of what seed? And this is kind of the start of our NCAA tournament talk. I mean, when we were talking about it before, I was still thinking that. I mean, at the at the very least, we might get a four seed. And you're like, maybe we'll get. And you were saying that you know maybe we'll get a two seed. And I was thinking, I was like, you know, if we lose just one game, I mean, we're going to have six losses. I mean, six we had and we I had know six losses, losses. We t- but we we're gonna we have some good wins. And really, we have wins. really good wins. Probably the best set of wins that everyone has ever had. I think we have one of the. I mean, of course, our. Some of our losses don't look great, but, I mean, I think I think our wins that we have, I think they definitely uh, – I think they kind of even out the bad oh, losses yeah. we have. No,
1: there, there's 0% if look, chance that we deserve a one seed. We, we're not in that discussion. But we could snag one of the low two seeds. I didn't
0: think – I think a two seed, even if we lost – let's say we went out the regular season, and if we lost to if someone in the – Mississippi in, State. In the, you know? I mean, if we lost in Just the, the finals, borderline... Yeah. Tournament. Team. I just, I mean, if we lost, let's, I mean, let's just say, scenario, we went out regular season, make it to the SEC finals, and then we lose. I still think there's that possibility of getting a two seed. I mean, mostly because, you know, we only have six losses. And our losses
1: came at the beginning of the season. That has to play some
0: effect, yeah. you know?
1: We're getting caught a third Obviously, time. in the
0: net rankings, they don't play an effect. No,
1: but the but Nets also. That's another off. thing
0: I kind of wanted to talk about for a little, I mean, not very long, but, I mean, it's just, it's really messed up because we're still.
1: There's been we still like twenty out o- and teams that lost have hopped us. West Virginia lost five of their last six or six out of their last they, seven. West and, Virginia and just lost. Us. What? That makes no sense.
0: Obviously, these like the net rankings and Kempom Palm don't take the the beginning of the year to worry they how really, how yeah. UK is playing now. Obviously, they don't take that into consideration. You're
1: telling me that if we only lose like if we only lose one more game this season. We should be higher than Duke in the tournament
0: seeding. I mean, Joe Lenardi, that's something else I wanted to get to. Joe Joe Lenardi is a complete bum. I'm sorry. He can say all you want on his Twitter that maybe maybe people need to realize the SEC is not that good. Dude, SEC ACC, is the This is the worst that ACC has been in a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah guess what? When the you ACC, have
0: North Carolina Freaking 11-17. You have Duke losing a double overtime game to an 11-15 Wake Forest course, cool. Clemson's beating every team in that conference,
1: and they have 14 you have one of your wins. top
0: teams in the conference, Louisville, getting fuck, getting freaking murdered by a really bad Clemson team. I'm, you know what? I agree with Joe Linardi.
1: The SEC's not that
0: good. But and, no conference yeah, is. No conference the is. You, And
1: you can say... There is absolutely say,
0: no reason, after UK had a really good week, to move them... Down from a three seed to a four seed. There's no reason. And he said that Villanova moved up because they beat DePaul, not DePaul, um, Xavier. You're gonna tell me Xavier is a better win than Florida? LSU? LSU in Florida would beat that week. LSU beat LSU in Florida that week. Yep. So you're gonna tell me beating Xavier means more than beating an LSU team that started out eight zero in the conference and Florida, who have uh, has underachieved this year. But you're gonna tell me beating Xavier is a a better win than beating those two teams?
1: But even, no! You even look at Big Ten, who is the best conference in basketball this year. Yes, they have Maryland and Illinois, but besides for that, they have a bunch of good teams. They don't have any great teams. They have a bunch of teams between 6 and 14 losses that they say should make the tournament. But it's not like any of them are real contenders, you know? There's no good conference this year. Big 12 has two really good teams. Besides for that, they have, like, Tech and stuff, but, like,
0: Bear lost again. I don't know if yeah. I said that. They would have lost to TCU. Everyone has bad losses. It's not just us. It's not just UK.
1: And Duke, uh, less than 10 minutes left, is tied with Virginia. This could be what their...
0: Third loss third lost in the four games or something like that. I and mean, I'm just saying, man, Joe Lenardi's a bum. I know he gets a lot of recognition because he's probably the most well-known bracketologist. But come on, dude. Let's be they, they
1: ranked every bracket or bracketology prediction like before the tournament last know, year. he was like 50th, he, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, there was like 70 and he was like 54th or something.
0: You know? I, I'm just saying, man, I just don't. I mean, nothing against the guy, but just let's just. Obviously, let's he's just good be, at his job. Obviously, but. But, I mean, let's just be real here. I mean, Villanova is not that great this year. Usually they They are, lost to but, Providence today? Yeah, they lost again. Like twenty-two and seven, they scored a whopping fifty-four
1: points or something like that.
0: But I'm again going back to Kentucky. A two seed is definitely on the table, even if they were to lose in the conference uh, the conference championship final.
1: If if we get a two seed, what one seed do you want in the bracket? I mean, I, I want San Diego State. San Diego State, obviously. Yeah,
0: but okay. again, San Diego State. I mean, do they play today? I'm pretty sure they do. Probably.
1: I don't know. They play on weird days. They play on They Mondays still might get the
0: one seed, but, I mean, they kind of. They so, play
1: Nevada later.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, number one seeds right now. Uh, can you look up the bracket, recent bracketology? I have Kentucky's, um, what Joe Lennardi released actually yesterday. But, so, right now Joe Linardi has us as a three seed and I'm not sure which region this is. But, I mean, this is probably the toughest one to date that Joe Lennardi has had us in. We are a three seed playing Bowling Green in the first round. I'm not sure how good Bowling Green's been this year, but we We would be playing Bowling Green in the first round in St. Louis, and then the next game after that we'd be playing Ohio State or Wichita State. Which, which we're I'm, not scared of. I'm not scared of either of them, even though we, we lost State. We played Ohio, Ohio State. State
1: when they were playing their best, and we were playing our worst, and we lost
0: by whatever right. it was. It was like seven points yeah. or something like that. And then also you have Butler versus Utah State. In that in our part of the Utah bracket, Utah State's
1: a good ten seed. They have mm-hmm. a lot of losses, but they have a lot of. They talent. are people
0: forget they were really good last year.
1: They're good this year. They they have some losses that they shouldn't have lost. Right. But they have a lot of talent.
0: And then um, in this bracket, Lennardi has Maryland versus as a two seed versus Wright State. So we would be playing uh, if it works. We would play in what Maryland in the Sweet Sixteen.
1: Maryland most likely.
0: Um which I'm not really Which
1: Maryland but Maryland Utah has State one of the bar- are all best all solid teams. Yeah. But Maryland
0: has one of the best point guards in the nation and um what is it? Cohen. I can't think of his first name for some reason. Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Cohen or something like that. Um but and then Louisville versus Vermont in Cleveland, Michigan State versus Northern Iowa. Kansas he has Kansas is in one seat of course, playing Prairie View A and M. Or North Carolina AT and T, which I feel like is always the matchup in that, that first rounds, and then the LSU versus Indiana, so that marks out the round, the bracket part of our bracket that um, Lenardi has us in, which is probably, like I said, probably the toughest bracket that we've been in to date. But like you so said, but you have the, the other brackets pulled? The up? only
1: team that I wouldn't really want to see is Kansas. The next one seed is San Diego State. The only reason
0: I'd be I don't want to play Kansas is because purely because of Azebuki. Nick Richards has a track record this year where he just doesn't play good.
1: See, I would rather be a three in this bracket than I would uh, two in the other, cause the one is San Diego State and the two is Dayton. And I know Dayton has Obi Toppin and San Diego State's a well-rounded team, but I'd, get, get, I'd love to play one of those teams in or either of them on the way. So who
0: are the uh, who are the other number one seeds? You're asking San Diego me. State, mm-hmm. Baylor, mm-hmm. and Gonzaga. See, I would rather play and If you're talking about one seed, I'd rather play Gonzaga or San Diego State. If you're just giving me a, a choice, See, those are mine. Who mine uh,
1: San Diego would State would be who I want to play the most, but I'm not scared of Baylor at all, either.
0: I'm not. I'm not scared of Baylor. I know they. This have,
1: Baylor team is super weird. Any other year, they would not be good. Like like they would be good, they just, but they would not be They just be top caught five. a year.
0: They just <laughs> caught a year where Big Twelve is just kind of having. Everyone else is having a down year yeah. too. So I mean, Florida was ranked number six preseason. They're unranked and they just lost to Tennessee today. This is one of
1: the weirdest. So it's one of the we, one of the
0: weirdest and one of the best seasons I think we've oh, yeah. witnessed it's at least a in our life. going to be super fun. NCAA it's going to be a super tournament. fun NCAA tournament. Watch it be not that many upsets in yeah, NCAA tournament This will be this will
1: be the first year where there's like it's like backwards. Yeah, the but only um, upsets are like seven or tens over sevens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think it, this is again one of the weirdest and one of the best years of NCA basketball. Yeah, we at least in our lifetime. What would like be the craziest other scenario? I, mean, I think a lot of upsets was like the 2017 our senior year of high school where Virginia lost to. Um, who was the team. UNBC. Um, yeah, UNBC as a one seed. And Arizona lost. That was in our bracket, part of the bracket too. But there was a, there were a lot of... Um, a lot of... Um,
1: Loyola Chicago went to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. There was a
0: lot of, um, uh, a lot of upsets that year. And also uh, um, the, the Tyler U.S. and Jamal Murray year, where it was like the only year where we didn't make it to the second weekend. But that That's year, because
1: we got underseeded. And so did Indiana, and we had to play each other in the round of thirty-two. Which I remember before, uh, when I thought like before the selection Sunday came out, I thought three teams that I think have a great chance to make it to the final four are Kentucky, North Carolina, and Indiana, and they we were all put in the same region. You know, that's the that's the draw Kentucky usually gets though, yeah.
0: but but like yeah, one of the weirdest but. I think it's been a treasuring year to watch. I know Kentucky has lost some upsets, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is a crazy year, and I, I love it. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I kind of have this take. I think if people want to take have a, a glimpse of what the NCAA kind of landscape will be as far as basketball is concerned, if these players um, are no longer, you know, they can come out straight from high school, I think this is what the best glimpse of what you're going to see. I don't know if you quite agree with me, but on that, I don't. But I just think you're gonna see a lot. Maybe it won't be bad as this year, but you're gonna see teams where, like Kentucky, where you don't have a lot of talent, but you know they do what they need to do to get the win. But where you're just where you don't see any teams that are just dominant like you saw like last year, where you have Duke having like three top three, you know. Um, R.J. Barrett, Cameron Reddish, and Zion Williamson—of course, you're just not going to see any dominant teams anymore. And I do think, again, if you want to see a glimpse of what the NCAA basketball landscape will look like once players don't have to spend one year in college, I think this is where you're going to get. Because I've had this take for a while now: is if, if starting for 2022 and beyond, if you're a number one player in rankings and recruiting rankings, I think you're going to the NBA. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're number one, number two, and if you're ready, I think you're gone. And
1: this, this just proves even more. But I
0: think people will say, oh, that's going to ruin college basketball. No, it's not. It's just going to go back to what it was before one and done.
1: But the the thing is, you have to make sure that the, the NCAA works out the students or the athletes being able to get endorsed and stuff. Because if yeah, that's going to be. Every single borderline player is going to go pro. You know, the first, like. Forty players will probably go pro. Yeah. If not, then maybe it's only the top 10, 15, 20. Yep. You know, because if if you have no way to get paid, why would you go to college when yeah. you think that you can be getting money right now? Right. You know.
0: I do think that um, I don't know if I ever uh, talked to you about this, but I do think college players and Tim Tim and I have talked a lot about this on the Main Case Sports podcast. But if Players are able to get paid. I do think, and they're, if they're already in college, I do think that gives them an incentive to stay in college. Oh yeah, because they can, of course, get paid. Oh, they the, can the, are to, they
1: going to get paid as much as the NBA?
0: Pro, no, of course not. No. but they're getting something. Which yes. I've always thought. Of course, they can't be making a lot of money. They shouldn't be pay, getting paid for playing games. No, but, but, they, the, should but they, should they should be able to get indoors. They should be able to go out. Have a YouTube they channel. Should, be right.
1: able to get a job if they want. They should be know. able
0: to start their own merch while in college. Yeah. Could you imagine sign the money? autographs for money? Right, go do autograph sessions during the season. You know how how many people are gonna gobble that up, man. I'm I'm just saying. I mean, but the NCAA is gonna have to work on that quick because there was one. I think, I think it was actually Florida, which is big in both football and basketball. That they have like their own bill, similar to the California bill. That if the if pass, it could start next year, right before this year, before before the season. So the NCAA is going to have to work quickly to solve a revolution to this. Hopefully,
1: this summer they have it. Because everybody needs this to, you know, same rules. One state can't allow more money than the other, you know? That's the only thing
0: is I'm okay with these players getting endorsements, going out into the community, doing autograph sessions. I'm all for these players being able to make a living based off their name. But, again, they do have to have a sort of, well, they have to have a level of, um, they they have to have some type of deadline or, you know, some type of thing where they have to have a required amount. Like, they can't be going overboard with it. See, they have, have to have some type of rule set. See, I, I
1: disagree. I, I think the players should be able to make however much money they want. But I feel like what could happen is some states say, You can only make up to 100k or 250k or something like that, and then other states are like unlimited because then that you know that handicaps those states. If the NCAA wants a limit, they have to establish it and make it for all states and have all states agree on it.
0: That's what that's what I was kind of getting to. Is there has to be? I think there does have to be a limit for uh, each state has to be because has to have the same kind of thing. Because Mm -hmm. if they don't, it's just going to be pure chaos. And that is just gonna make it more crazier than it already is with the pay for play scandal. So, yeah, we got Tim, like I said, Tim and I have talked about that a lot, and we'll definitely catch up and talk about it once uh more news about all that stuff has going on. But more about the NCAA tournament and why I think UK can make a deep run. Is mostly because Again, they do the best they can with what they have. They are they are, they're tough, right? But you'll also look at their free throw shit. This is the best team that Cal has had as far as free throw shooting. They're shooting 79% as a team, which is third, good for third in the NCAA. And I believe that's going to make a difference come here in a couple weeks. Because you look at Auburn today, they had a water free throw, they had free throw shots today, and they end up missing out. And then, But you look at games that we've come down, that we've won, and they were close. A lot of them has come down to free throw shooting, and we've been able to be in clutch. I mean, look at the Texas Tech game. Nick Richards is a big man. You don't expect big men to be clutch. But he came up, he only missed like two free throws that whole game and made two clutch free throws at the end. So I do think when it comes down, if we're in a game that's extremely close in the NCAA tournament, I do think free throw shooting, I think if we're if it comes down to a battle with free throw shooting, I do think we're going to win every single game. Because just purely off the fact that we're clutch on the free throw line.
1: Yeah, you know, free throw shooting
0: is... I've seen a statistic. It was like, and considering like, don't mean to cut you off, but considering the last two seasons, the reason we have lost is
1: no that's because of free kidding. throw shooting. The mm-hmm. last out of every single time we lost in the tournament since Cal era, every single one we shot sixty percent or lower from the free throw line. I don't besides, know, I, I besides forget. for the town season where we shot ninety percent from the free throw line, but we only got there ten times. You know, this team gets to the line. And they make the free throws.
0: I mean, if you look at the... Um, I was telling you this earlier. If you look at the first year that Cal was here, just an abundance of talent. Against West Virginia in the lead eight, they shot like 15 for 31 from free throw line. That's going to lose you a game every single time. Oh, yeah. But we're shooting... what At the rate right, what we're shooting at, I think it's... I just think, like I said, if it comes down to a battle between free throws, I just we're going to win because we actually can make them this year. It's gonna make a big deal. Again, I don't.
1: I don't know if we're still on pace for this, but for the longest time, we had made more free throws than our opponents had shot. You know, that's a crazy statistic that doesn't happen.
0: And we shot twenty seven for thirty three today, which is good for like eighty two percent. Which for a team, there's, not, there's team, not a, teams don't shoot that good. Yeah, normally. I'm just saying. If you give me the give me that over anything else, man. I, I think I really do think Cal um, has. Taken the last couple years in consideration, he was like, you know what? I'm if I'm going to lose a game, it's because the other team is out toughing, not because of, of uh, a, a flimsy thing like free throw shooting. And I do, I really do think that he has gone into this year with the with the mindset that you know free throwing just has got to be better. We've got to have better shooters. And I think I think he's made a big deal, and I think he's really improved on that. Obviously, you see with this year, third in the country in this and free throw shooting, first in the SEC in free throw shooting. So, again, it's just a, that's a big deal, and I don't think if we're going to lose, again, if we're going to lose an NCAA tournament game, it's just because we just got out tough by the other team. Really well, or very
1: well could be because we have one of the games where we shoot like two for 14 for And then 30. the other,
0: we have West Virginia who – Shoots like sixty yeah. percent from a three point line, and fact, the thing
1: is, you know, like everybody on the t- almost everybody on this team theoretically should be able to shoot, but just some games we can't hit anything.
0: Yeah, for whatever reason, at home we also it was just we just for whatever reason we just can't make a three point shooter or a three point shoot shot to make save our lives. For some but,
1: reason, sometimes Ashton Higgins decides to take three. I mean, really he like took a step like a step very <laughs>
0: step back three point shot. I love Ashton Hagen's. I love him to death, but that's not a shot we need him to take. He is definitely at his best when he's taking it to the rim or passing the ball and making he had a great pass today. You know to who Keon doesn't Bucks. get enough credit for shooting? Who? Nick Richards. that oh, dude, yeah. hey, that, dude that dude is a, he is he's shooting seventy six percent from a free throw line. You don't get a lot of centers shooting that well from a three point line. Especially As the Duke from getting out their
1: college career. As only being able to make it around the basket. And really not even being able to do that
0: much. Even his freshman year, he shot over 70%. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. Azabuki from Kansas is... Or one year, Azabuki from Kansas only had, like... Uh, he only shot, like, 38% from a free throw line. I, I, I'm just saying, you don't get a lot of Nick Richards, like, big men who shoot that well. So, he's been going on a free throw line. Again, he's been clutch. I just... So... Two things off of this the season, um, or for the rest of this episode. MVP of the season, you know, we've already won regular season. I feel like we're going to win the next two. Even if we lose against Florida, I'm, I'll be fine. Um, but end of the season, who's your MVP this year? Emmanuel Quickly or Nick Richards?
1: Well, why don't we just say who's your SEC player of the year? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's uh, a very good point. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards... Although he's probably been more consistent throughout the whole year. Quickly's just been so good the last what ten yes. games, you know. But here's Terry does in he's, some of these.
0: Here's why I'll say Nick Richards and here's why.
1: There's an argument to be made for either one. You're not the, wrong. Yeah.
0: And, but here's I think it's Nick Richards because without Emmanuel Quickly, I feel like Ashton and Maxey could handle the game. Obviously they're not as great shooters as Emmanuel is, but I feel like they'd be fi- we'd be fine with them too playing the point guard and shooting guard. But we don't we don't have a big man to cover up, See, to come in and play like Nick can. Nick changes the game on a defensive level where teams are afraid to go in the inside. So I just think if we don't have Nick, we don't win a lot of the games that we've had this year.
1: I I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Nick, but you can say the exact same thing for quickly. Yes, Hagen's and Maxie are both really good, but neither of them have the killer mentality like quickly, and neither of them can. You can make an argument that Maxi shows glimpses of being able to score like quickly, but he does not do it like quickly at a consistent level at, as efficiently as quickly. And it's not like quickly is the slouch either on defense. There's been several oh, games. Oh, oh. He's, 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 I he's, mean, if you look, he
0: walked down Jordan Nora. Yeah. He's like four there's inches several games
1: than him. where he guards the the best player the entire time. You know, uh, David Moretti or whatever his first name is whenever we played uh, Texas Tech, oh. you know, he guarded him the entire time, you know. So, you take away quickly off this team, you're replacing him in the starting lineup with Johnny Juzang, which you know he,
0: he it's rough out there sometimes for him. It was rough it out is. there today. It is. You know. It's just that's another point to be made about this team is this there's some games for the bench where it's a game for Keon to show up, it's a game for Johnny that where the, he the, he can play or Nick too. But there's also games where Nick, there's no reason for Nate to be out there, and there's all, you know there's this games where there's no reason for Johnny to be out there. I think. I mean, we beat Texas. I think it's a testament to this team. We beat Texas A and M by only com- with three points coming off the bench. The, I, I just think that's a testament. This is to this a team,
1: team that NTA tournament rolls around. Unless there's injuries or fouls, we'll probably only play the bench. Six a combined people. We'll play we'll probably we'll play probably five or six people above fifteen minutes, you know? Yeah. I think the top five will probably get thirty minutes and then the other however many few minutes are gonna be split up between Johnny and each right. or Johnny, Nate, and Keon. I mean and then, be- then there's just games... isn't gonna play that much minutes. No.
0: And then you have like Johnny coming off the bench against Tennessee getting, game, you know, thirteen points. Although, <laughs> I was... When he's aggressive, he can be really good. But a lot of times he'll get the ball and he'll just chuck up the first three C's. Right, you know. Um, and to finish off, I kind of wanted to talk about who's gone, who's staying at the end of the year. Maxie, he's he's definitely gone. Every 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 draft stock, every you know or not, every mock draft, every mock draft, he's in the top ten. There's no re- there would be no reason for him to stay. In the, the, the two year.
1: that are one hundred percent gone without question are him and Nick.
0: Oh yeah, there's the, and Nick's already no, no. twenty two. He's gonna be good. And in the I have NBA. a strong
1: suspicion that Nate will not be on the team next year.
0: Are you sure? <laughs> I think he's a freshman. Oh yeah. I'm just kidding. But obviously those three guys yeah. are obviously gone. I mean, like I said, Nick is already 22. I don't think he wants to. You know, it'd be nice to have senior year, Nick Richards. But I. Just, I even, love the idea of
1: senior Nick Richards. But
0: but again, I just you know, there's no there'd be no reason. I think um, Nick's has done all all he can as, as far as mm-hmm. you as UK. I Emmanuel Quick, I think, can go fifty-fifty. From what Matt Jones and KSR has been saying, he's just been saying that, you know, he's a different kid. You know, he is obviously he's big on his Christian faith. He's a big, you know, he's big a big believer in that. He's the, just, it, but here's the thing: I I kind of agree with Matt Jones on this. Is that he's just I don't know if he's ever going to be a lottery pick, and I know you're big on him being a first-round pick, and I want him to be. I think you know I really I want him to be, and I think he could. I just I just you know.
1: I could go on a 20-minute rant right now on why Emmanuel quickly is a first-round talent. But, for some reason, a lot of people don't see that. This man is a first-round talent. If Jordan Poole last year is a first-round talent, Emmanuel quickly is, so is so much better than him. He can play defense. He can rebound. You know, what else do you need in today's game? He can create yeah. his own shot. He can yeah. handle the ball.
0: He's a first-round talent. But, again, I just, you know, I think it's 50-50 for him. If the That's NBA Scalots
1: had common sense, he would go because he'd be in the first round. But, you know, half of them don't.
0: I would like him to stay another year because if he stays, we're going to be unstoppable. Oh, he's
1: the best player in college basketball next year. He's he going to be an,
0: an All-American next year.
1: Depending on how many shots he gets, he's going to average yeah, 20 it, to 25 points. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just, it will be interesting to see if he comes back or not. Again, I think it's 50-50. I do get, think that. Cal might push him to go as well. Cal yeah. does that with some players. Yeah, he does. I would I would say this, though. Like again, like Matt Jones said, he's just a different kid. So he might want to stay another year. If you stay another year, there's a very high possibility you get to the NZA championship game next year. Right. So, but just again, I think it's 50-50 for him. Ashton, I think he wants to go. So I Ashton's going to go.
1: He's got them. He probably should stay, in my opinion. But...
0: He, he should, but again...
1: I'm not mad at him if he goes. NBA likes defensive
0: guards, I feel like, you know, with Pat Pat Bev Bev, and all that. And I think, you know, he's not the greatest offensive player like we've talked about, but his defense is just on another level. And I think his defense will translate well into the NBA. EJ. EJ definitely should stay. I don't think he's going to get picked in the NBA. There's a scenario where you see him going. Maybe he's starting off with, like, Europe or something and trying to work his way to the NBA. Like,
1: winning Gabriel's gone pro. You know, several people have – but he should stay.
0: He should stay cause I think he ultimately will. I think he I think he ultimately will too because you look at our roster next year we don't have a lot of and big sees, men. And he sees how much better Nick got from Yeah, year he two can year he three. can make that same jump. And I definitely think he again we don't have a lot of big men going into next year, so he would definitely be a starter out in my opinion. And Keon, he, I think he should stay. He no might, way he goes pro. No he, way. He's just, he, he's not ready obviously, but if he wants to I, I don't think it's that big of a loss if he Keon does. Keon and Johnny both could be
1: transfer candidates, yeah. but I, I don't see Keon going yeah. anywhere.
0: But I do think Johnny will stay. He could be that guy coming off the bench to provide a, just a spark. Like, like if I you said, have another off season to get better, I think he will. And Dante Allen, I think he's another oh guy yeah, who Dante's
1: one hundred percent saying. Um he has if no he to if
0: leave. he ha- he's Dante's definitely a guy who can again be like Johnny, be a spark off the bench, get a couple threes in a game, and do what you need to do. And then you have players coming in like um, Devin You. Askew. Askew. And then Lance Ware, who people have been, um, Brenton raving about him, and Terrence Clark, Brandon Boston. You got Cameron Fletcher, who's going to, I think he's definitely, see, they see him as a talent that needs development. And you got Isaiah Jackson, who's also going to come in here and give you. Bouncy think, four. G- yeah, give you good minutes. So
1: And who knows De- we'll if we bring it. in Greg Brown or. Yeah. I do think we're gonna Cliff, add one. Cliff Amore. I don't think we'll get him. But, but we'll definitely Jonathan be uh, possibly.
0: We'll definitely be getting. I think we'll at least be getting one more guy.
1: And maybe we'll throw in a
0: JUCO transfer. That you know? would be nice. Or a and, transfer. And then um, again, as as the year ends, we'll definitely talk more off season basketball. So again, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, again, we UK 49th ninth uh, regular season SEC champs as as we go into March again. We're going to get really high gear for that. Didn't um, get to Louisville today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about them. But nonetheless, thank you guys for listening. And go Cats. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Getting ready. Guys, <laughs> one week left until the biggest three months. Actually, I would say or biggest four weeks in the whole So, again, thank you from for me and thank you to Gavin for listening. This has been the Man Cave Sports Podcast.